0: Scott for Scotts here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay, let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Rapid Grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host pal Dino Joey, or Joey Awajin. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps out there, and I'm sure it's going to be popping up on a few new ones or this and that. You'll also notice there's a slight change to the logo. I'll tell you about that in just a second here. And also, it is apparently available on Odyssey. That's like a new... Uh, podcasting app that's been around for about a year or so. It's pretty new. didn't realize it was already up there. Uh, I don't know if it linked be- like like the way Google Podcast does or something, but luckily it is up there, Odyssey. Purple Mafia is on that one. Check it out. Not Audacity, but Odyssey. Also, major announcement, though some of you may have seen it on Facebook, some of you may have seen it on Twitter, but a lot of you have not probably. Purple Mafia is now joining the Pigskin Podcast Network. It is a great pleasure, without a doubt. So Dylan and Kyle out of Canada, thank you guys so much for having me on board there. Brave the Wild joined the Hockey Podcast Network. Timberwolves Explosion was actually the first show to kind of get through. Uh, Kyle contacted me a while back about that one, about two months ago already. Timberwolves Explosion. That was kind of a slow roll, but once things got going, it's like, okay, yeah, 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 I'm definitely joining. So it was a little bit of a, a Twitter tag, we could call it, since it's not phone tag. But with that out of the way now, for the moment, you're going to be hearing about DraftKings later on here, not too long from now, our first real ad on this show in quite a while. The Minnesota Vikings somehow, someway did escape the jaws of, of a trap game in Washington with a 20-17 victory. <laughs> and isn't it strange and ironic, the last time Kirk Cousins played in Washington, 2017. The last time the Vikings played in Washington... 2017. And the last time the Vikings won in Washington, 2017. Okay, so I guess 2017 means something. Um, I'm not sure what it is other than maybe it's going to be a really, really nice season. Hopefully more successful than that one. Uh, The NFC East is a pain in the butt and I'm scared to death of any of those teams. I'm scared of Dallas and New York to a point. Obviously scared to death of Philadelphia. They just won't freaking lose. And today's opponent you'll see why they didn't lose that one. Even though it wasn't much of a game, but, uh, well, yeah, the Vikings beat the Washington Commanders. Did I call them the Redskins? Well, they were the Redskins in 2017, so, yeah, but they're the Commanders, <laughs> and the Vikings beat them, barely. Uh, it was a weird game. It was extremely frustrating. The Vikings started off very, very, very nice, nice, solid drive. You got the T.J. Hawkinson going early and very often throughout the game, which is really, really cool course, the new Minnesota Vikings acquisition that took place during the course of this week, as now I get to backtrack once again, TJ Hawkinson added to the Minnesota Vikings during the course of this week on uh, trade deadline. Vikings ultimately are giving up <clears throat> second and third rounder, and are actually getting back multiple fourth rounders from the uh, from the Detroit Lions, so it's basically like trading down. It's not even giving up graphics, it's trading down for TJ Hawkinson. I was like, Okay. as uh, We all remember how highly touted he was in the draft just a few years back. He's only 25 years of age. He's not all that expensive. Uh, we have him next year for sure, and then a good chance the Vikings will extend him, especially if he plays anything like he did today. Um, he's a step below the elite of the elite, but just one step below. That's it. Uh, he's the next tier below the elite of the elite. He's the guy that I think could play in several Pro, uh, pro Bowls and wearing a purple helmet with a horn on it as well. Uh, very encouraging, showing. For T.J. Hawkinson coming to the Minnesota Vikings and I still remember it's like you're just sitting there sitting there thinking are the Vikings going to do anything oh man you know maybe we will maybe we won't I'm not all that excited about getting OBJ of course that would be more of a free agent acquisition but any type of a crazy trade maybe Chase Claypool that would be kind of cool and he winds up with the Bears I guess he winds up with the Bears who had been trading players away okay but Chase Claypool went to the Bears alright so he's not coming here And then all of a sudden, ding, Vikings trade. I'm like, okay, Vikings did something. TJ Hawkinson, all right. Especially considering Irv Smith had just had a uh, high ankle sprain and he's going to be out for like, you know, multiple months here. So it's going to be a while, like about eight to ten weeks. So that's a long-term injury, unfortunately. High ankle sprains are no joke. They're the two big, big tight ends. Tight ends. They're the two big (laughs) tendons that connect (laughs) your you know, shin bone to your ankle, basically. <clears throat> yeah, those. They hurt. Uh It would hurt to, uh, to, your, to your foot, actually. It would hurt like hell to have a high ankle sprain. And it takes time for them to heal as well. So, it's not only just a trade on need, it's a massive upgrade. Uh, Irv Smith is probably a backup tight end, and I gotta think he's probably gone, actually. If they had any hopes of him being a starter, there's a pretty good chance he's gone. And the Minnesota Vikings extend T.J. Hawkinson as soon as where we're we're able to and obviously get the talks going, this and that. Awesome addition. Awesome. Um, We all thought he'd be a dynamic star in Detroit. Didn't quite do that, but was still extremely valuable, this and that. And, of course, Detroit, you know, the losing and the frustration in Detroit is evident on and on and on, except for today. Today was probably their Super Bowl, and they won it, so good for them. They won their Super Bowl against, you know, one of the arch rivals in the division yes, Um, but TJ Hawkinson, I mean, he is, he's a better version of Kyle Rudolph, basically, and he looks kind of like, he looks kind of like a Sasquatch, or a uh, a Yeti, a Yeti, that's more what he looks like, and I think it's fun, Uh, he's obviously more than just like a fan favorite, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a valuable piece for this franchise for years going forward, what an awesome, awesome addition, a lot of us are like, heck yeah, what a, what a great move, and he was exactly what this team needed. We've struggled at tight end. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, the last few years of his career here, not that great anymore. He never was great, but he was, okay. he was good. He was good, and he could be an end zone like uh, threat all the time, and then Thielen kind of became the end zone threat as he slowed down a bit with injuries and such. Doesn't have the burst that he did before, neither does Delvin Cook, apparently, but he made a spectacular touchdown catch today. That was awesome. Um, and Johnny Munt had a one-yard one, one yard catch today. All right, Johnny. Johnny Munt with a one-yard catch, just like his touchdown a week ago. Um, so we're not going to have to majorly re- uh, rely on Johnny Munt making plays. He can continue to block and be a valuable piece to this offense uh, that way. And then you get TJ Hawkinson added number 87 instead of 88, of course, coming to the Minnesota Vikings. A diamond acquisition. Diamond. Diamond. And he caught everything thrown his way nine targets, nine catches, 70 yards, no touchdowns or anything. He doesn't have an explosive burst. He's not a deep threat, but he catches the ball and he makes plays and you can get a a ton of first downs with a guy like that. Um, And you're going to get those 18 to 19 yard plays along with the eight yard plays that uh, TJ Hawkinson can bring to this Minnesota Vikings offense. Just, you know, absolutely. If you're going to make a trade on on, uh, the trade deadline, that one is way at the top. Way at the top. That's the cream of the crop there for the Minnesota Vikings options. I had no idea he was going to be available. Thought Detroit was going to keep him for a long time. But, well, here he is. And they beat Green Bay today. Spoiler alert, the uh, (laughs) Lions beat Green Bay today. Obviously, you already know anyway, if you're listening. By the time this is released, it's just freaking cool and freaking exciting. At the time I'm recording segment number one, you got the Rams and the Bucks flashing on the screen and a dropped ball by... (laughs) <laughs> by the other Jefferson of uh, the L.A. Rams. He dropped ball just now. This was a great divisional round game last year. The uh, frickin' Bucks just couldn't get the job done. It was so disappointing. I hated watching the Rams come back and win that game. I hated it. I was so angry. And the same thing happened with uh, San Francisco. And then the next week, the same thing happened with Cincinnati. It was just, ugh, not the Rams. Just, no, not the Rams. Um, so that was disappointing. Now that I've gone way off topic again, and I apologize. Even though it's football-related, oh, this was the kind of game that just reeked of L-O-S-S. Oh, my gosh, it did. It reeked of loss. Momentum, uh, after, again, that first start, that nice first drive, the Vikings offense couldn't do anything. The defense held a mediocre to below-average offense in check. But Washington's defense was just a pain in the ass to deal with, especially that Schust. God, I hate him. Okay, I don't hate him as much as I might sound, but I hated him in the game, okay? He he drove me absolutely nuts. St. Juice. Benjamin St. Juice. You son of a... Oh, he drove me nuts. The interception on the... uh, Oh, no, the interception. He had a sack in the game and the multiple pass deflections. Obviously, the cockiness, the attitude, the the edge, this and that. It drove me nuts. Um, Good for them, though, for playing hard, for making the Vikings really have to work for this one. You know, good... Good for them. They did really well. They deserve a ton of credit. The defense of the Washington. I keep calling them the Redskins, don't I? But what do you expect? They were the Redskins from 1932 until 2019, right? So, what do you expect? The Washington Commanders. Okay? The Commanders. Sorry. I deeply—I I do apologize and I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I swear. Um, obviously, a defense that is, well, they have a defensive-minded head coach. This and that it felt like every call was going washington's way forever and it just made you frustrated made you angry and then next thing you know is the vikings momentum started things started to head in the vikings way then washington started getting frustrated they started getting penalties it was a reciprocal type of effect where they started getting frustrated they started getting penalties called they started having the bounce of the ball go the wrong way and thankfully that's had this happened because i swear just about any other season this was a loss i mean 2016 definitely a loss 2018, God, yes, it's a loss. 2019, probably a loss. The Vikings lost six games that year, so let's not forget. Even though they're pretty good, and we, we, we basically just let the last two games go because the Vikings, even if they finished 12-4, and four, were still stuck um, in the position we were. I believe fifth seed at the time because there was so much uh, high-end talent in the division and the tiebreakers and this and that, uh, which would have been frustrating. There were pass deflections. Everywhere in this frickin' game. <clears throat> Obviously, really strong secondary in, uh, in Washington. And the Vikings' defensive line and linebackers taking advantage of the shorter uh, Taylor Heineke. who drove me nuts today, but he did a good job. Give him credit. Tons of pass deflections. Jordan Hicks had a couple, and he had 12 total tackles in the game. Daniel Hunter had multiple sacks, including the one that basically wrapped things up down the stretch. That basically wrapped up a, uh, a big, uh, you know situation still for Washington when they were still alive. That pretty much stuck the dagger in. Thank God. Did you want him added a sack as well? Nice to see Daniel Hunter getting multiple sacks. Vikings defensive line was freaking good. Vikings secondary was pretty damn good as well. There were missed tackles by some of the linebackers. Eric Kendricks early on looked great. And then he started missing tackles. And that was when things were getting really frustrating. But Jordan Hicks, I thought stood out as good as anybody defensively today. Multiple pass deflections again on the shorter Taylor Heineke, Darius Smith also, but was flagged for a frickin'. When, when it looked like we finally stopped at Washington Drive, he was flagged for a freaking uh, <laughs> face mask, and that was annoying. And not long after that, Justin Jefferson was clearly horse-collared, and they said, oh, there was no face mask on the play. No, 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 ref, it was a horse-collar. It was a horse-collar. And, of course, nope. And then, eh, of course, there was no call against, uh, against Washington on that play. And they're all cocky and happy about it with their 10-point lead. And you'll hear about that from uh, uh, Mark Carlson as well as myself flipping out a bit on Twitter and on Facebook a bit. More on Twitter off and on during the game today. Oftentimes I've been, doing, I've been watching these games mobile a, a lot of times because uh, I enjoy having it mobile where I could be outside watching it even though today was a bit too windy. So that's why sometimes I don't interact as much as I should. I'm sure we'll get, I'm sure the weather is just going to deteriorate at times on some of these weekends, and I'll definitely be watching the whole game indoors in those situations, but yeah, at at the same time. um, The fact, the the stick-to-itiveness, the resilience, all those words you hear lead you to say, you like that! (laughs) So that's basically uh, the vibe here. The Minnesota Vikings survive in a game that they would have definitely lost in most seasons 20, 2019, we probably would have lost. 2020 and 21, we would have been probably blown out. Well, maybe not blown out, but we would have lost. The Vikings would have definitely lost. Washington might have won the game. Final score, something similar, maybe, uh, going the other way. Probably something along the likes of 23 to 14 or something. I do believe 23 to 10, 23 to 17. But I do believe Washington would have won uh, this game most seasons. With the most uh, most editions of the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings deserve to be 7-1 and right now because they get the job done. They get the job done. Now can we stop playing like garbage for like quarters at a time? It'd be nice. Uh, the second and third quarters were absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Offensively, the Vikings, the Vikings were non-existent offensively. Couldn't break a tackle. It felt like the creativity was there. They looked timid. At times, like, okay, I caught the ball, but okay, it's just three yards, fine. And then Washington had their little edge and their attitude, and they're the coolest thing ever. And their fan base acted like they won the Super Bowl. Every single tackle they made, every single catch they made, and it drove me nuts. That kind of stuff makes me start flipping out. So I apologize if uh, I tend to do that. It's like, uh, it's like I start just... <laughs> I start losing it when I see that kind of stuff. It drives me nuts. And then, again, thankfully, the momentum changed. Obviously, deep play... Justin Jefferson, really helped provide that. Vikings end up uh, settling for a field goal to get within seven, but then ultimately tie the game up. Down the stretch. Obviously a huge play. Yep, they get within, yep, we got within seven on the Greg Joseph field goal. We had to settle for a field goal because couldn't get in the end zone. And then, yes, uh, after the big play, uh, and then uh, Delvin Cook was able to make the big play for the 12-yard touchdown. That was absolutely great. And Greg Joseph made all his kicks, including the one that didn't count, because <laughs> the Washington Redskins' uh, defensive defensive tackle jumped over the offensive line and landed on the center, which, of course, could cause serious injury, neck injury, concussion, knee injuries, anything could happen. Like the knee could curl and buckle the wrong way. and When you have a 300-pound guy landing on you, I mean, a lot of injuries can happen, so there's a reason that that penalty exists. I mean, hello. So (laughs) Washington, instead of uh, having plenty of time with the Greg Joseph make and its 20 to 17, having about a minute and a half of time, ended up having 16 seconds because of that. Vikings did not get in the end zone. We elected to run and just kind of basically, basically just kneel down. That's basically what they did, but they actually ran plays that ended up being a kneel down. Ended up losing yards and eating up the clock because Washington had no timeouts left after first down and uh, ran the clock down to 16 seconds. Craig Joseph made his kick, and the Vikings escaped. Thank God. Um, you saw more gutsy plays, gutsy attempts. Uh, it's a miracle that Kirk Cousins didn't have like three or four interceptions today. I like the gutsiness, but some of them are just kind of like, what are you doing? The defender's draped all over the guy, this and that. And in other cases, uh, one of the interceptions that was whistled back, of course, was a Juiced was completely... No, this was... Uh, yeah. Juice was completely all over the guy. It was, like, so obvious. Uh, or was a Davis on Thielen completely just wrapping all over him before the ball was anywhere near the play and, you know, was anywhere near the receiver and had the interception, and it looked like, oh, boy, this game's freaking over now, and I don't know what we're doing. But luckily, that one was whistled back. Uh, going for Jefferson, kind of going for it in the red zone. Try looking to hit Jefferson for the touchdown. That was an interception. It was a gutsy play, and it would have been great if it happened, but unfortunately, it didn't. Uh, Jefferson could have been better today, no doubt. He dropped a few that I believe were catchable and could have really made his game better. That's going to probably knock him off of possibly winning a French Arkington Award today. Still a great overall game. And again, that huge 47-yard play was a huge deal, obviously, and again, the touchdown, which, you know, er, uh, early on in the game was always nice as well. It's just unfortunately, a- after that, he wasn't a, ho- a whole lot successful until the big 47-yard play, him being Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, the stick-to-itiveness in this game, again, you had Washington linemen all over him most of the way. You had obviously Kirk Cousins get hurt and miss a couple plays luckily. Vikings end up scoring down the stretch in that one. You got to see uh you got to see Nick Mullins play for a minute there, <laughs> throw a pass that ended up losing three yards. That was kind of funny. I believe that was the T J. Hawkinson on the play or um or was it Cook. But yeah, <laughs> three yard loss actually, all oh, literally on that one. Kinda of funny how that turned out. Kind of a dumb pass. Kind of a dumb and dump pass, basically <laughs> in that situation. But you also saw Garrett Bradbury get hurt as well, and you got to see Schlottman for a little bit, and the snap was obviously not in, not on time in uh, one of the plays in that drive. Right after that, I believe it was the play after the first play with Schlottman in there, didn't get the ball snapped fast enough, and Kirk Cousins was, you know, pretty pretty irritated at the moment. So, but Garrett Bradbury came back and did a bit better, and the, the momentum again switched in the Vikings' direction. The sticktoitiveness of Kirk Cousins in this game was pretty damn impressive to say the least again linemen flying in there and getting to him the sacks the deflective passes hit after hit after you know the chuck and duck almost type of situations getting hit 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 time and time again but at the end of the day Kirk Cousins gets the last few like that cuz obviously the Washington fans were trolling him in the game and, I'm, and, and and of course they will uh they were pretty cocky in this game the players were pretty cocky on Washington side but at the end of the day Kirk Cousins gets the last you like that. (laughs) and The Vikings survive in this game, in a game that felt like, mm, a game that felt like, again, like a loss. It felt like a loss. Uh, A trap game, a super frustrating situation, and it reeked of a loss. Uh, Taylor Heineke, obviously he's a gutsy player who deserves credit. He's a really, really good backup. If you have Taylor Heineke as a backup, I think you're in pretty good shape because... Say your quarterback's going to miss two, three, four weeks. You could, you could, he could definitely hold down the fort, a a guy like that. If he's your full-time starter for like, you know, five, five to 10 years, uh, you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to win a whole lot of playoff games. You might squeeze into the playoffs once or twice. You might win eight, nine or 10, 11 games, maybe 11 if you're really lucky, like really good, like. Supporting cast and all that. Your running back—it's two thousand. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Or you have the best defense since the two thousand Ravens. You know, you know one of those deals. But <laughs> just kidding. Well, Heineke might win a Super Bowl in that situation because Trent Dilfer did for that club, that Baltimore club in two thousand. But um, yeah, Heineke—you know, there, there's obviously something there. He's—he's he's limited. He's tough. He's gritty. But he is limited. And. Favre was a little taller than him. Favre had bigger hands, this and that. I mean, he had, a, and obviously he has the better arm, and he's, he's just uh, this and that. So, obviously Heineke is definitely a super-duper diet version, like Atkins diet version of uh, Brett Favre. But regardless, he has a little Farvian Farvian in him, if that's okay to say. Kirk Cousins, at the end of the day, just under, just above 50% of his passes were completed. Again, that one interception in the end zone brought his quarterback rating down, and of course, the The throwaways, because the defensive line was attacking him. And again, the strong secondary of the Washington Redskins. I called him that again, the Commanders. The Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders were able to... uh, (laughs) Were able to force Kirk Cousins into many throwaways. Kind of feel for um, number 17, my friend, K.J. Clutch. I mean, I just love him. K.J. Osborne. I just love him to death. But, I mean... uh, (laughs) <laughs> Everything coming his way was off, and it's sad. In fact, oh, there were only two official targets. It felt like there were about five or six, though, in the game, maybe because it was so far, so much of a throwaway, it doesn't really count as a target, where it was off because he was uh, Kirk Cousins is getting rushed, so the ball was just out of his, you know, like a bit out of reach in multiple cases, and, of course, the endless throwaways that look like they're going in his direction, but, you know, they couldn't. Just Kirk Cousins had to get rid of the ball. So that was the situation there. Feel for the guy. Zero catches in the game for KJ Osborne. Like, you wish he could make the play. You wish he could have that opportunity. But it didn't happen. And super frustrating and super sad. Hopefully, KJ Osborne can have more of a chance. But uh, number 87 is here now. Nine catches, 70 yards, no touchdowns. But, whew, TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson looks the part in a big, big way from the Iowa Hawk eyes. And he is from Iowa. So. He's here in the Midwest and right here with the Minnesota Vikings now. Hopefully, he will be a Minnesota Viking for many years to come and will be one of the guys we remember. Hopefully, one day, he'll be standing there with that that uniform, purple and gold uniform, holding the Lombardi Trophy, along with the Justin Jefferson's, and maybe even Kirk Cousins will have the biggest you-like-that of his life, holding the Lombardi Trophy, yelling that out, because you know he will. If Kirk Cousins somehow wins a Super Bowl as the starting quarterback of a team you know he's going to do that. And it'd be one of the coolest memories <laughs> if that were to take place. I'm actually saying Kirk Cousins holding a Lombardi trophy. I must be nuts. With that said, <laughs> but it could happen. I mean, you, I mean, it, it could. You just don't know. Maybe, maybe this is the year. I don't know. But I'm going to be very cautious. You notice I'm not dancing on the clouds right now. But again, an impressive job sticking to it. I guess one of those irritating teams with an irritating fan base and irritating players Oh, my God. Ugh. drive me nuts. And a game where a lot of stuff wasn't going your way for a very extended period of time. Pretty much half of the game, things were not going the Vikings' way. And you still survive. You don't fall apart. Impressive. Impressive. Um, the Fred Tarkington Award winner of this show, it's got to go to a defensive player, and it's going to go to Jordan Hicks. I thought he had his best game as a Minnesota Viking today. He was excellent last week, but today was the cream of the crop for Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks, 12 solo or twelve total tackles of 10 solo, multiple pass deflections. He was awesome today. He wasn't perfect, but he was damn good, I thought, at the end of the day. Darius um, Smith was good, but of course, again, you had that face mask. When It looked like we finally stopped the Washington, Red- Washington Commanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I did it again. The Washington Commanders. And yeah, the Mickey frickin' face mask. And that drove everybody nuts. So obviously, again... I can't give him the award for that because that gave him a 15-yard penalty and kept Washington going, and they ultimately scored a touchdown on that drive. So no award this week, but great couple weeks for ZS, for Z'Darrius Smith, Daniel Hunter, major, major honorable mention. And, of course, the before I get to the Ponder Memorial, if there is one, well, there has to be somewhere, right? There has to be. The, <laughs> um, the Urban Legend, I think I said it at the beginning of the show, where 2017 just keeps popping up. Minnesota Vikings last played in Washington in 2017. Kirk Cousins last played in Washington in 2017. Kirk Cousins last played against the Vikings in 2017. The Vikings beat Kirk Cousins in 2017. Okay, you get the idea. And the final score of today's game, 2017. So, kind of cool. Maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I went a little bit overboard with that, but uh, it's it's definitely an urban legend. Uh, if, If it isn't, I don't know what it is. The memorial, the Christian Ponner memorial in this game, it could be kind of the interior line, Uh, even the interior line. I think both of the guards had struggled today. And of course, you know, Bradbury off and on struggled, but he got better after the injury, believe it or not, which is kind of crazy. He did get better. You could definitely see more of a push out of him. But for that extended period, the second and third quarter, I thought the interior offensive line, you know, was really, really struggled in the game. I'm not ready to bash and beat them up, but it's just kind of like a gentle, you know, okay, little slap on the wrist, like, come on guys, you can be better, versus like a, my God, you suck today, and you you killed us, type of uh, Christian Ponder memorial. So more of a gentle one. Uh, Ryan Wright continues to be about as good a punter as you're ever going to get. He punted the ball six times today, an average of 51.7, two in the 20, and zero touchbacks. Zero. Almost every week, the other punter has at least one touchback, and Ryan Wright is just the greatest. He deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. And I know, ooh, a Pro Bowl punter. Wow. Wow, that's the coolest thing ever. Well, for Ryan Wright, it probably would be. So congratulations, Ryan Wright. I think you deserve to be there uh, with that said. Okay, so I gave you all your ponder. I gave you Urban Legend and, of course, the Fran Award going to Jordan Hicks for one of his best games probably of his career, honestly. He was absolutely all all pro today, to be quite fair. With that said, let was like a quick break and talk about the NFC North. What is going on in the NFC North? Well, somebody won, including the Vikings. Somebody won, and it wasn't the Packers. There was another NFC North team that won today, but I don't think we have to worry too much about them. And, of course, we'll preview next week's game, which could be the Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. We are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two. We're going to look around the league a bit. We're going to look at the NFC North, especially, of course. We're going to preview the Buffalo Bills epic matchup coming up next week. But first, we're going to hear from DraftKings, our new sponsor, now that we are a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Very proud to be a part of that. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and to get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win player props, and point de- uh, point totals. That's absolutely great. Uh, absolutely. Um, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. And, and, and it is. Absolutely. It is the best way to go. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Actually, that's the Hockey Podcast Network, so we'll go with TPPN. <laughs> and place a $5 pregame money line to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And you could go with THPN as well, but probably preferably in this case, TPPN. Of course, I'll be saying that on Brave the Wild. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minim- minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Of course, you will see that in the show notes as mentioned. So that's going to also be an addition to the show. I apologize if I saw it a little bit funky at the beginning there. Still got to get used to that, but uh, certainly something I'm, I enjoy doing, and I know it's part of radio, so definitely get that DraftKings app. It's a lot of fun. Highly, highly recommended. Philadelphia versus Houston. What is that? Well, the Eagles are 8-0. That's about all you got to stay 1-6-1 and Houston Texans. I bet not one person was watching that game. Well, from Houston, they're probably too busy watching the World Series because now the Rockets are, no, (laughs) the Astros are world champions. And also, see, last night, when the Minnesota Timberwolves were playing the Houston Rockets, a mediocre team with a nice young player, Jabari Smith, I was like imagining not a single person in Houston's watching that. The Houston Astros are winning the sixth game of the World Series. Uh, They were already up three games to two. And, of course, they ended up finishing the job. Congratulations, Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker Jr., actually, believe it or not. Now in his early 70s, has won his first championship as manager, despite an incredible record. Uh, and what he did really for the Houston Astros is he kind of cleaned up things after the whole cheating scandal and all that crap. He went in there and did a hell of a job, and really everywhere uh, Dusty Baker's gone, he's been pretty successful as long as the team was decent. He took the team far, but just never could get over the damn hump. Um, the '93 San Francisco Giants, remember, they were like killing everybody; they were the best team in the league. At least those of you that are old enough to remember anyway. They were kicking everybody's ass. And then from about August until like September-ish. And so Atlanta just was white hot. It was crazy. And the Atlanta Braves won 104 games. And back then the Wild Card didn't exist yet. And the San Francisco Giants missed the playoffs with 103 wins. The best team in baseball outside of the Braves who got red hot. And in that season the Braves... If I remember correctly, yeah, they didn't even make it to the World Series. They just, <laughs> after all that, that huge comeback, knocking out the Giants, and then they got beat by the Philadelphia Phillies, ironically. that you know, And then Philadelphia went on to lose to Toronto in the World Series. So it's just kind of funny. So talking about Houston triggered this conversation. I was cheering for the Philadelphia Phillies, yes. And yes, Eagles fans are jerks. Phillies fans probably are too. San Francisco, uh, Philadelphia... 76ers fans are probably, yeah, yeah, they are. I've, I've heard them go off, and Philadelphia Flyers, what a successful franchise, but they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 75. They've been to a billion Stanley Cup finals, but lost almost all of them, which is a shame. But back to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 8-0, and they beat a crappy Houston team, so they haven't played anybody except us, and we are their one loss. So they're the number one team in the league. If this was college football, they're number one. Uh, beating the Vikings, who are 7-1, and, and still having fun. We have actually the number two record in all the NFL now because Buffalo lost today. Spoiler alert, Buffalo lost today. Crazy. That doesn't mean Buffalo isn't still number two in the league, and the Kansas City Chiefs will be flashing on the screen very shortly, and they'll probably go 6-2, and two, but then again, will they? Tennessee's 5-2, and two, just like the Kansas City Chiefs, so we'll have to wait and see. AFC looks insanely tough. It's funny how, and then you got Seattle and Tampa Bay. I guess Tampa Bay's winning their division now with a losing record. All right, sounds good. They're winning the division with a losing record. <laughs> okay, yep, yep. You see how little I care about this, this uh, Eagles and Te- Houston Texans game. Jalen Hurts put the hurt on, of course, completing passes, a couple of touchdown passes and all that. Uh, Davis Mills, a couple of interceptions and a couple of TDs. Damian Pierce was a huge, huge uh, bright spot for Houston at the very least, rushing for 139 yards and 5.1, a carry. Excellent day for him, but let's move on. Los Angeles Chargers continue to squeak out wins. They're now 5-3 and three after a crappy start. They're up to 5-3, and three, so good for them. And Atlanta dropping back down. They're in the pretenders or contenders conversation, and the vikings are contenders or pretend, uh, pretenders on ESPN right now. Vikings-are-contenders if it's up to me, and that's not a homer pick. You don't get 7-1 and one by accident. Eventually, it's like, okay, you've earned this record. You've won the games. You've executed when it matters. Seriously. Like, when the Vikings' offense was not executing in the second and third quarter, and they lost the game, well, they deserved to lose. But then, all of a sudden, momentum changed. The Vikings took advantage, and they got the job done. It, it's that simple. I don't care if it's the Washington Commanders or the Buffalo Bills or the Houston Texans. You win the game, you win the game, and that's good. We're not going to play the Houston Texans every week. In fact, we're not playing them once this season. So, yeah, <laughs> Houston's easily the worst team in the league this year, right? Well, we'll continue. I think they are. Los Angeles Chargers 5-3, and three, Falcons 4-5. Second place in the NFC South, competing with the Tampa Bay Bucks for the worst division champion uh, in, in the NFL this year. And we'll see how that goes. Maybe that worst division champion will actually do something. Maybe they will be like the New York Giants. I always bring that up, don't I? Justin Herbert, mediocre, attempted 43 passes, but only 245 yards and an INT. Just not an overall exciting game at all, but at least the uh, the Chargers, for their sake, they got it done, the Los Angeles Chargers. Joshua Palmer had 106 yards in the air. That's good. Not bad at all. And Cordero Patterson rushed for 44 yards on the ground and got in the end zone twice. So another one of those cute little... Your third or fourth fantasy running back type of guys. And no, I'm not talking about my fantasy team or anybody else's. just saying he would be a nice pickup for fantasy teams. I'm sure he already has been on several teams and has contributed to your team if he happens to be there. But the Chargers won. Congratulations. Bears and Miami will be later. Cincinnati playing Carolina, the other worst team in the league, who was really good for a minute uh, recently. And knocked somebody out. <laughs> They're two and seven now on the years Carolina, Cincinnati's five and four, and route to well, we'll see. They played very well ultimately in the game. And Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, did a uh, Alvin Kamara. Well, okay, he missed by one. Four touchdowns rushing and one receiving. Holy Toledo, 153 yards on the ground, 7.0 yards per carry, and there was no 75-yard uh, scamper or anything. Just a 29-yarder still pretty good still pretty good i'm wondering where all this freaking noise is coming from in this apartment now i'm getting irritated a little bit <laughs> sorry because it hasn't stopped all day uh i hate apartment life someone's rescue me baker mayfield two touchdown passes probably his best game of the year <laughs> which is funny and sad both number one overall picks yeah number one overall picks huh baker mayfield hmm well joe burrow looked like a number one pick Last year, this year, not as much. I hope I hope things get back to, uh, going again for Cincinnati. I, yeah, I felt so bad when they lost that game. Oh, I felt so bad. My heart just aches. Because Los Angeles, I mean, oh, you got the Lakers and your 17 titles. Ah, oh, get them. Get, just go away. I hate them. And you got your stinking Hollywood and you think you're the kings of the world. I have nothing. I have, I have just no love for LA. None. Okay, I like the Lakers sometimes, especially in the Magic Johnson era. i like shaq okay fine but after that it's like okay that's enough now bye 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 (laughs) yeah anyhow los angeles rams okay nice uniforms at the least eddie pinero well at least he made his extra points he missed a big one last week and that did not help well yeah he was blocked anyway evan mcpherson missed a kick today evan mcpherson missed he made six extra points that's crazy Lots of touchdowns for Cincy, getting 42-21 to 21 in a nice win. But he missed a kick. He's probably my favorite kicker. Because, well, I don't think Joseph is my favorite kicker, no. But uh, Evan McPherson, he's way up there with a couple others. New England Patriots look like, well, this is like, uh, how many AFC Championship games were? What was was this matchup? About, uh, a few, about, 14, about 15, 16, 17 years ago. Patriots and Colts, classic Brady versus Peyton Manning. Belichick versus Tony Dungy. Classic. All those cool names. God, I'm sick of these political ads. It's just, and it's the same party just crapping all over the other one. And it never stops. I'll digress. Some of you know what I'm talking about anyway. Um, New England, 26-3. to About what I was hoping for back in those AFC title games, because I never was a Colts fan. And I loved the Patriots, especially back then. They're 5-4 and, and and still in fourth place in their division because they've got the Jets the Bills, and the Dolphins deal with. That's why. That's why. <laughs> the Colts not in a very good division. 3-5 and 1 and still in second place. Okay. Sure. Right, 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 right. Pack Jones threw a touchdown and did not throw an interception. Sam Ellinger did throw an interception and did not throw a touchdown. Hmm. Interesting. Well, other than that, it wasn't that great of a game. Other than of course the New England Patriots. Yeah, Matthew Judon I'm going to talk about him now because, holy schmucks, he's already got 11 and a half sacks already in nine games. That's crazy. And that's somebody we're going to have to worry about on Thanksgiving Day because he might be eating some turkey. And I hope that turkey isn't named Kirk Cousins or anybody else on that offensive line because that's scary, man. Three sacks today, now 11 and a half on the season. That is about as good as anybody. Uh, it's the most of anybody with the New England Patriots since 1982. Crazy can't imagine the Patriots being that great in 1982, but they must have had some good pass rushers then, but then another guy named Josh Uche, also with three sacks in the game, Raquan McMillan with another one, and a couple guys shared one as well for the Patriots, they were torturing Sam Ellinger in this game, just torturing him that's the story of the game, is the pass rush of the New England Patriots, they just stomped and crushed this Colts offense and this Colts team well done, well done um, we'll move on from that. But they're, you know, five and four. They're kind of kind of in the mix again. Next week's opponent, we'll wait on that. Jacksonville Jaguars, they won a game because the Raiders still suck. Yeah, like I say, and put the car in the garage, I think. Their car, their car isn't good anymore. And he's not old either. And Jacksonville, well, I guess that's another win for the Jaguars. They get their... Second straight win, I believe. Yep, they were trailing 17 to nothing. Kind of like the Vikings versus Broncos a couple years back in 2019. Derek Carr, I mean, his numbers weren't bad, but they lost the game. I mean, they just lost. So maybe I'm being too hard on him. Devontae Adams, 146 yards. A lot of good that's doing the Raiders right now. Yay. 146 yards and two touchdowns. Both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Miserable. Looks like they needed each other, huh? Maybe. Trevor Lawrence did not turn the ball over. Good job. Good job, Trevor. So, obviously, taking baby steps forward. And Etienne Jr., who is obviously the uh, you know the main guy there in Jacksonville now, and James Robinson was traded to the Jets, who needed a running back very badly after James Robinson had dropped off. Uh, or, well, yeah, had had dropped behind Etienne Jr., as he's really emerged as a really nice running back for the Jaguars. DeWante Smoot with a couple of sacks. For the Jags, so good for them. And Raiders, no pass rush at all. No sacks anyway on Mr. Yeah, that guy. I missed That guy, Trevor Lawrence. So good for him. Yuck, two teams that aren't going anywhere anyway. Seattle and Arizona, well, about what used to happen when I hated the Seahawks, they beat the Arizona Cardinals. They're now 6-3. and three. The Cardinals are 3-6, and six, and they're becoming a dumpster fire over there despite the top-heavy talent on the Arizona Cardinals. It's just not working. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Like, Kyler Murray is a idiot. I don't know. I'm not a fan. He's really talented, but he's an idiot. He's, he's, he's just, I don't know, yay. You know, all he cares about is, like, video games and stuff. You know, maybe you're just too, you know, you're too cocky because you went number one overall in the draft, so you're automatically going to be a star. And I'm sure he works hard and all that stuff, ten times harder than I would in in, in the gym right now. But just saying, still, still, some, something's missing. Something's not going upstairs with Kyler Murray and Hopkins. Obviously, very frustrated. That's not working. It's too bad, actually. Noah Fant, one of the other well-known Iowa Hawkeye tight ends, along with Hawkinson. Hell of a game today with 96 yards, but no touchdowns. Geno Smith did have an interception, but still a very, very efficient day. 26 of 34 for 275. Good for him. Geno Smith's got the Seattle Seahawks going in the right direction, and uh, again, he was a highly touted quarterback many years ago, didn't do a whole lot with the Jets and, and other clubs he was on, he was kind of like a backup and all that stuff uh, after not really working out early on in his career, and now he's resurfaced all these years later and looks good, looks really good to Seattle, great move by the Seattle Seahawks, I applaud them, I actually almost like them a little bit, game that just ended not too long ago here and was flashing on the screen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are now first place again with 4-4 four, four and 5 record defeating the hated LA Rams who made that crazy comeback and knocked uh, knocked the bucks down at the last moment and the bucks couldn't get the couldn't get a final drive going which pissed me off beyond belief broke my heart absolutely broke my heart but uh it is what it is right i mean <laughs> it is what it is can't it be You know, I I wanted to see that. I wanted to see Brady versus the Chiefs again or whatever the heck it was going to be, the Bills. That would have been really entertaining. But none of that was meant to be. Maybe it would have been versus Cincy. And I thought maybe um, Brady would pass the torch on to Joe uh, Burrow. But none of that happened, unfortunately. Neither quarterback was great. Tom Brady attempted 58 passes, but they still got the job done. Brady was saying after the game, that was awesome because the defense did a great job on the uh, Rams offense. And that's the best thing you can say, pretty much. A couple of sacks for Vita Vey. Good for him. Rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? Raheem Nunez oh, Roches. all roaches. pardon me, also with a sack. The offensive line did a decent job containing Aaron Donald and such. Only one sack, but there was one. Only one, and it was Aaron Donald. But generally speaking, the offensive line protected Brady enough. And the Tampa Bay survive and the Rams dropped to 3-5. and <clears throat> five. It rhymed, didn't it? And again, welcome in to those of you that might be joining from TPPN. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out the show, just in case you are. Maybe you're more interested in the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs, or a CFL team. I don't know. <laughs> it's up to you how you feel. Let's talk about the Bears and Miami Dolphins. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome football game. And I'm going to keep telling Bears fans. Yeah, Bears fans and Bears organization, so to speak. Did I say something about Justin Fields? Did I say don't? I don't know what is going on in this place. It is too much. Anyway, Justin Fields threw for only 123 yards, right? But he did get three touchdown passes in the game. He also ran for 178 yards and added another touchdown rushing. Holy cow. I scampered for 61 yards along the way as well geez. Impressive. Chase Claypool, the newly acquired Chase Claypool. Only two catches on six targets for 13 yards, but we'll see how that chemistry builds over time. Justin Fields might not be the sharpest, uh, most accurate thrower in the NFL, but I think it's going to come. I think he's going to get better and better. Bears giving up on Justin Fields would be a huge mistake. I think there's something there. I really do. But uh, right now, Tua's probably about as good as you have right now. Uh, He might be the MVP this year. And Statistically, he's lining up with 84 Dan Marino. Statistically, with the 300 and 300 yards, three touchdown performances, he's lined up with 84 Marino at the moment. And, of course, that guy was the best player in the league that year, only to lose to Joe Montana and the 49ers in a blowout. But, you know, you know, in the Super Bowl. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. Maybe the uh, Miami Dolphins will lose to Kirk Cousins in a blowout, huh? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, or they'll lose to Brady or something. Brady wanted to go to the Dolphins. There was all that interesting conversation, but of course, that never happened, and things got weird, and yeah, we'll continue. Tyreek Hill did have at least one peace sign in the game, I'm I'm sure, with a touchdown, a 39 yards long in the game, for 143 yards overall and seven catches. Great football game. Great football game. Kind of feel for the Bears. It would have been cool if they won, but... Uh, Happy for the Dolphins. Nice to see them recover. Remember, they were 3-0. and Then they were 3-3, and the big concussion and all that frustration. It was really sad and scary. But now things are kind of back in, the, in business again. But unfortunately for them, they're in third place because the Jets and the Bills are kicking butt. So, yeah, the Jets and Bills are still kicking butt. So that's the reason for that. <laughs> Jets taking care of business. We'll talk about the Jets and the Bills next, basically, after this Packers and Detroit game. Where aaron Rodgers was a mess a dumpster fire he stunk made some bad decisions through three interceptions and i don't know i i don't know what else to say here i mean what's going on in green bay i don't know it's weird it's weird and it's kind of sad it's just i don't know some people see it as uh well aaron Rodgers got his money he doesn't care anymore I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about Kevin Durant. He he tweeted out basically, at this point, I know I I just care that I'm making a living. It's just like, dude, you're making a living, you're making a living, right? You're making like 15 livings, you schmuck. <laughs> Seriously, you're on a really nice, talented team, and now they're and they're tanking, and their coach got fired, and all that crap. And that's all you care about is making a living. It's just, and you wonder why people uh, people don't respect you. Ugh. The guy has... He's the most talented player in the NBA. And then uh, he is. Kevin Durant is the most talented player in the league right now. And he acts like that and thinks like that. That's why he's not popular. That's why, you know, that's why people don't respect him. That's why a lot of people look at him like, oh, yeah, you went in front... ran You were a front runner and won a couple titles with the Warriors who had won 73 games the year before. Stuff like that drives me nuts. And people might be looking at Rodgers that way right now, in a sense. I don't want to look at him that way, but especially you know, and especially you might think, "What the heck, Joy?" Well, I don't know. I mean, I thought he had a great career, I, uh, to this point, and I thought, uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than it's just it's weird, it's sad. You know, obviously you you hate him, you want him to lose, you're a Viking fan, and blah blah blah. But I don't know. Do you really want it to fall apart like this? I, I don't know, it's kind of weird and too easy and stuff, you know? And it doesn't guarantee us anything, by the way. Like when Rogers' shoulder was broken by Anthony Barr and that hit and all that stuff. Well, it didn't do us much good against the Eagles. You know, it's, it's, it's nice and everything, but I'm more worried about the Vikings winning a championship than the Packers sucking. Look at it that way. The Packers sucking or Rogers sucking. It'd be more exciting maybe to knock the Packers out in an epic playoff game. And then, and then finally, like, end everything. End all the curses along the way and finally win a championship. I think that's more exciting, honestly, <clears throat> than, say, coasting to a division title. And then here comes Big Bad Philadelphia. And here we go again, you know. Yay, we'll see you next August. You know, that's, that's not fun. I think I've said, you know, a few times. But the other point I was going to make as I continue to babble here is that the Green Bay Packers are like last year's Vikings just kind of losing games and losing games and then splitting with Detroit. And it's like, really? You lost to Detroit? Really? You lost to Detroit? Like the Vikings finally uh, handed Detroit their first win of the season last year and it was just like, ugh, really? And that's kind of what it feels like right now. Their last year's Vikings losing every little cute game and the Packers were winning all the, uh, all the games and everything and had a great record. Unfortunately for the Packers, it didn't end well. Hopefully for the Vikings, it does. Let's move on from that and See what the, see what the <laughs> see what's going to happen next week against, yep. I mean this New York Jets team is great. They took care of the Buffalo Bills, and that's again who we will be playing next week. And I better talk a little faster here. New York Jets end up winning twenty to seventeen. There's that number again. Okay, Urban Legend, anyone? Urban Legend, anyone? Whoa, uh, the Jets defense is great. A lot like they were a few years, uh, many years ago now with Rex Ryan when they went to their last AFC title game. We'll see if the Jets go to another AFC title game. Every time the Vikings, well, not every time, but oftentimes when the Vikings had really good football teams, the Jets would be super good. Uh, again, like 98. The Jets went to the AFC title game the same year the Vikings did. 2009, Jets, AFC title game, and so on and so forth. Michael Carter with a touchdown on 12 rushes, 76 yards. But uh, James Robinson also, a couple of scampers here and there, 48 yards on 13 rushes. Good for him. James Robinson, yep, he did catch a touchdown, have a five-yard play. Uh, good for him. Did catch a touchdown for the Jets, and then Zierlein made his kicks. That mattered, and this and that. Tyler Bass missed one, which would have been helpful, and Josh Allen was an absolute mess. <clears throat> he was. Uh, showed great athleticism, got in the end zone twice, ran his ass off, but then threw two interceptions. He just was a mess, and this Jets defense was absolutely great. Can this Vikings defense do this against Josh Allen. I'm not all that confident. I wish. I hope. But uh, obviously this is the ultimate test right now. You're heading to Buffalo and it's it's a very, 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 very tough team. Um, What more is there to say? I don't know. It's it's a noon game. Um, Vikings and Bills have not played each other a whole lot. The Buffalo Bills are number one in the league at passing yards, 14th in rushing and first in total yards per game. So that means they're the number one offense in the National Football League. Going into today's game, Josh Allen already had 2,200 yards. Case Keenum had eight. Case Keenum is their backup quarterback, isn't he? 19 touchdowns, two interceptions. Well, it's now it's 19 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Quarterback rating was 106. It's definitely dropped in a big way. Devin, Devin Singletary, <clears throat> just a couple of yards ahead of Josh Allen for total rushing yards, which is crazy. Both of them in the low 300s. Stefan Diggs already 764, but now it's more like 850-ish. Uh, Still at seven touchdowns though in Stefan Diggs' case. Obviously again talented team also has a great defense in there. Yeah, I mean Von Miller won the Super Bowl with the Broncos not super long ago. It's been a bit I guess. Six sacks for the Bronx at least uh, up going into today's game. Greg Russo also with five sacks going into the game. I'm going to backtrack and look and see again. But obviously it's a team with a very talented offense and a very very tough defense. Remember how that defense rolled in to our house years ago when we were expecting basically nothing with the Buffalo Bills and they kicked our ass. Let's not forget that. And right after that, the Jets got better. We were all laughing. Oh, Josh Allen, he he can't complete a pass for his life. Oh, yeah, I mean you know he he he's boy, he's pretty mobile, isn't he? But oh, he sucks. He can't complete a pass. He's garbage. And then he was. It was basically the birth of the Bills. Was in. U.S. Bank Stadium, 2018. It was, right? Early in the 2018 season. Um, uh, what was the guy's name? Now I'm forgetting our, our uh, left tackle that we just like let go in free agency uh, before the season. And boy, I mean, we're, I mean, before last season, and I think that worked turned out okay. Of course, he went to the Super Bowl, though, but lost. Um... But yeah, he went into that game with an injured foot, and the Buffalo Bills just ran him over. Buffalo Bills defense. Von Miller now has seven sacks on the season, as I expected. I figured he'd have at least one. Bills only had two sacks in the entire game. The other one was from Dumar Hamlin. At the end of the day, they only deflected one pass to the Buffalo defense. The Jets just kind of knew what they're doing today. Naheem Hines returned one play for 18 yards. Naheem Hines is a guy I've been a fan of forever. He didn't rush the ball once, so that's unfortunate just for uh, special teams at the moment for the Buffalo Bills. But again, it's a it's a defense with a deadly pass rush at times, but an overall good, well-run defense. Leslie Frazier has adjusted to, to, to modern times, which he did not do here. It, he was basically running Windows 98 when Windows 9 was already out, or Windows 10 or whatever it would have been. Let's say 9. Yeah, that was a while back already. 2013-ish? Yeah, it was kind of like that. It wasn't good, basically, bottom line, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day. Windows 9 is basically out, and he was running Windows 98. And literally Windows 98, or maybe XP, actually, because that cover 2 was graded to, to counter Randy Moss and deep, deep receivers, you know, deep play receiving and all that. That's where the cover 2 started. It prevented big plays. But then teams countered that with West Coast-type offenses, and just boom, 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 boom. Underneath, 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 underneath. And you would get 900 yards that way. You know, it's uh, because they're playing too deep. This and that. Uh, the cover, two would prevent the big play. But then, you know, when the West Coast offense came to attack, you were bleeped. Let's switch to 11 here. I might have a hockey game on instead. But now let's have Tennessee KC playing. KC is up 3 nothing, But, uh, hmm. Well. <laughs> yeah. Big play by Tennessee just now. Yeah, big receiver, number 85 there for the Tennessee Titans. Huge play there. Again, both teams are 5-2. Yep, oh, yep, Okiongo. Yep, that's what I thought it was. Uh, Big play. But Vikings versus Bills, I mean, (laughs) we can't screw around like we did today and hope to win. Obviously, it's going to take a good pass rush, you know, obviously disrupt josh allen to make mistakes but beating a mobile quarterback is not easy for this team i have a very very bad feeling especially the fact that the buffalo bills lost today i think they're going to be more in tune i think they're going to be more focused maybe uh try to eliminate some of their deficiencies some of their weaknesses some of their you know so just just glaring issues that maybe have been kind of piling up the past few weeks like, huh? Wow, man, we really have to work on this. We really have to work on that. And then they all kind of piled up, and they lost to a pretty good Jets team today on the road. So, I got a bad feeling the they're not going to lose two in a row. And again, losing to the Buffalo Bills could put the Vikings in a in a two or three game losing streak, which is a big fear as well, because you got to get you got to play Dallas, and then a, you know a fairly dangerous New England team on Thanksgiving. That New England and Thanksgiving is not a good combination for the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings haven't beaten the New England Patriots in many, 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 many years. Buffalo Bills, though, history between these clubs. Luckily, there aren't 99 games between these two teams, only 14. Buffalo Bills going all the way back to 71. We're talking like O.J. Simpson era. Vikings beat them 19 to zilch. 19 to zilch. Vikings won in 75. Four years later, 35 to 13. We beat up this Bills team pretty good. And then in 79, yeah, O.J. was still playing, I think, near the end of his career. He might have been with the 49ers at this point. So then he wrapped up with San Francisco. That was his home area, more or less. <clears throat> yeah, he was actually from more around there, but then ultimately wound up in Los Angeles. And, of course, he played college for UC, uh for USC, excuse me, Southern Cal, not UCLA. Vikings 10-3, defensive kind of boring battle in 79 when I was about six months old in December there. <laughs> 82 Vikings lost to the Bills by a point. Mm. 85 Vikings beat the Bills. Bud Grant's final year, making a little quick return to kind of get things back in order after the Les Steckle disaster and to hand the torch off to uh, Mr. Burnsy. 88 Vikings lost to the Bills. That might have been during the strike. I don't know, but that Bills team was pretty good. They had a really good defense with Bruce Smith and then, you know, all those talented players, I'm still I still feel bad for them that they lost that '91 Super Bowl '90 90, '90 uh, 90, 1990 season. Pardon me, that was a great Buffalo team. They should have won. The one versus the Giants, the Bills should have won that game, but they didn't. So sad it it is. Buffalo Bills uh, beat the Vikings. No, Vikings beat the Bills in '94. Yep, I remember that. That was Warren Moon. That's the first time I personally saw the Vikings play the Bills. Warren Moon finally got his first win against the Buffalo Bills after all those years, and of course, most recently, had given up that 32-point lead in the playoffs to the Buffalo Bills. Humiliating. Absolutely embarrassing how you could do that. Moon was beat up and hurt and knocked around in that game. Didn't throw a touchdown or an interception, but they got the job done. The Vikings won by the skin of their teeth. Frank Reich looked like he was going to lead that team to a win, but then eventually John Randall got the sack and kind of helped wrap things up. Ooh, that was scary. Thurman Thomas ran for 50 yards in that game. Um, I want to look at the defense numbers. Where is, because I know John Randall had a stack late in that game. Yes, yep, it was like at the end, and I know Frank Reich was yelling at him because he was delaying the game. He was just laying on the guy, so the clock could keep ticking. Yep, And uh, I believe the Vikings got some kind of issue there. That was interesting. Um... Vikings won comfortably in '97. That was when we were really good. That was actually a season opener in '97. Yep, yeah, the Vikings started really good that year. I know we were four and zero, I believe. Yep, and then lost to the the Giants. That was frustrating. Brad Johnson, good game. Todd Collins was their quarterback. Oh yeah, and that ja- jackass beat us a couple years later with the Giants. Yeah, I don't want to remember that. Robert Smith scampered for 160. 169 yards. Thurman Thomas was still playing. Wow! He played a long time, didn't he? Mmm. Thurman Thomas was still playing. Impressive. Vikings beat the Bills in 2000. Yep, very fun season for the Vikings there. Was this, this had to have been Drew Brees, right? Yeah. No, Doug Flutie. That's right. We read Doug Flutie, Culpepper's first season there. Yeah, Vikings won that one 31-27. Entertaining in mid-October. Vikings lost an OT to the Bills in 2002 when we were basically losing every game. That kind of helped send the Vikings into a losing spiral. At that stage, 45 to 39. I have some memories of that one, and I remember it, like kind of cursing my head off. That was pretty frustrating. Mm. Oh, just a crazy, crazy day. Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback, which sounds weird. Yeah, Buffalo Bills, not the Patriots. Buffalo Bills. Yes. <laughs> Drew Bledsoe was not on the pay- on the uh, Buffalo Bills in 2000. He was still with the Patriots. I'm an idiot, of course. Um, 06, another Vikings team that was just kind of screwing around and losing games they shouldn't have lost to the Bills. 17-12. to 38-14, a terrible Vikings team crushed the Buffalo Bills in one of those games where the Vikings... We're not sucking for luck. In fact, we were just kind of saying, ah, oh, we're, we're going to win games. We don't need to, even though we're already way, way out of the playoffs. Let's win a couple of meaningless December games when we're way out. 38-14, to crazy, when uh, Leslie Frazier had taken over for Chile. And the last two, the Vikings have lost, believe it or not. 2014, a pretty good Bills team beat the Vikings 17-16. to Maybe they weren't that good. Actually, they weren't. Was Geno Smith their quarterback? Kyle Orton? Ugh. Okay, I think I remember that now. It was really frustrating. Yeah, Bridgewater, a couple of INTs. Derek McKinnon was the starting running back and ran for 103 yards. Good job. That's a good game. Was this 05? Oh, it was 15. It was 14. Derek McKinnon was already with the Vikings, wasn't he? Good game, actually. That's nice. I really appreciated that from him. Vikings only managed six freaking points. Yep, that was the one. And U.S. Bank Stadium, the most recent game. When our, uh, yeah, everything just went down the crapper in that one as the Vikings offensive line just kind of died in that game. Mm. Yep, Mike Remmers. (laughs) Trying to see. Yep, Mike Remmers wasn't good either. He struggled. Mm. Just an overall yucky game. That's what I thought. Josh Allen fumbled multiple times and we still didn't take advantage. Only managed six points in the game. Kirk Cousins was a mess. 27 to 6. It was disgusting. Bills went from 0 and 2 to, to 1 and 2. Vikings were 1 and 1 and 1 because we just tied the Packers. Frustrating. 8, 6 and 0 so far in our history. Sorry this is going on so long, but an entertaining matchup coming up. I don't think the Vikings win this one. I think the Bills kind of get things together. Obviously, Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback, very dangerous. That Bills defense might be a bit too much to 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 uh, to deal with. The Vikings have picked up some bad habits obviously and good teams like see the buffalo bills their bad habits kind of reared their ugly head today and ended up losing to the jets and that could be a playoff game and the bills could be out in the second round you know something like that second or even the first round depending on how things go um against like a, a, a jets team which will probably be like a road wild card team a dangerous as heck road wild card team Vikings hope to be home field throughout, or at least a number two seed with a, well, with no bye. They don't exist anymore. Um, an elite card team, I guess, which is annoying. Um, but, I mean, winning this game on the road, it would be insanely impressive. This Vikings team is able to get things done, shut down Josh Allen enough, and score enough points. There's Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, but he's still playing with the Chiefs right now. He's been playing for many years now. He's like a He's like a nine-year vet, isn't he? Good for him. Um, That's really good for a running back, by the way, if you didn't know. Of course, he's missed a couple seasons, poor guy. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, The Vikings pull this out. It is the most impressive win since... I'm not even sure. I mean, we're talking way, way, way back if the Vikings win this game. It it would be one of the most... I'm not even sure I can remember because 2017 I mean we won a lot of games we got the job done and then you know we beat a Saints team that was an impressive win a very dangerous Saints team it was at home but the Vikings were supposed to win that game the Vikings were favored uh, the Saints were very dangerous but I do believe the Vikings were supposed to win that game I strongly feel that uh 2018, nothing depresses you. 2019, yeah, you beat the Saints on the road. That's cute and everything. And then you got whooped by San Francisco. Beating San Francisco would have been at this level. Yeah, beating that really good 49ers team that went all the way to the Super Bowl and almost won it. That's about how I see this game, if the Vikings could could get that done. If, say, the Vikings did beat San Francisco and go to the NFC title game to play the Packers of all teams, which would have been really crazy, that would have been amazing. And watch the Packers choke. We go to the Super Bowl and... And lose to the Chiefs, yay! Um, again, that would have been the second time. Oh God, that would have sucked. <laughs> that would suck to lose to them. But I, you know, I don't think it's likely. They're a very balanced team. Obviously, that offense, defense. Uh, they have Stefan Diggs, who's going to have all this motivation in the world. He's probably going to crap all over us. But who knows? Maybe somehow, some way, things just don't work out. Maybe Stefan Diggs fumbles. Maybe Josh Allen is a mess and the, the Bills start losing some games. That's what we can hope for at this stage. Otherwise, I see Buffalo win in this one. Final score, It's is it going to be higher scoring? I think it should be. Final score, something along the likes of 34 to 28. The Bills beat the Vikings by four in Buffalo. 34-28, very entertaining battle, but the Bills are just a little better at the end of the day. Um, obviously, it, it's a team you can... <sighs> You can pass on them. You can run a little bit. Obviously, Michael Carter did pretty well. Delvin Cook, I just don't know how much explosivity is there. So, it's really hard to say. I mean, you can pass on this team, sure. I do think Justin Jefferson shows up in a big way and gets well over 100 yards. Delvin Cook, I mean, you're going to need a balanced attack to beat this club, I believe. Um, And just obviously, Kirk Cousins, you're going to need him to be protected. That's like number one, pretty much, is protecting Kirk Cousins. And if cousin struggles it's, it's all over there's no doubt about it but i do believe the bills win 38 20 uh, 34 to 28 over the vikings and unfortunately the winning streak is over but the season sure as heck is it at the end of the day with that we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction and hear from gerald yet again call in um now I know why I don't watch the games anymore it's like I can't hardly take it I got to listen to the game Uh, I had to go up to South Dakota here today listen to the game and man just brutal what a brutal way to win but still another win um they just keep doing it the same way over and over and over and I know it's Washington but it's still a tough game on the road and they just did what they had to do to put their stake in the ground at the end of the game and took home the win and the Packers lose again. So, uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Skull Purple Mafia Nation. I'm going to listen to the freedom of thought here pretty quick, Joey. I was just listening to the game. So, uh, Skull Purple Mafia. Talk to you all later. And we are back. Thank you so much, Gerald, for the call-in. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I can understand why he wouldn't want to watch the game today and... (laughs) Gosh, I mean, it was not enjoyable. It was enjoyable in the fourth quarter, but after that, not so much. I mean, but I mean, before that, it really wasn't. Second and third quarter, I I hated it. It was an obnoxious game. Boy, speaking of obnoxious, a couple guys going at and out with the Chiefs and Titans. It's hard for me to be a fan of the Chiefs. I'm not, I just don't like them. So, sorry, just being honest. I like their uniforms and their color scheme, but I don't like the Chiefs. They're just, ugh, no. Not a fan. A little bit too much of the talking. So, yeah, let's keep going. Let's get to uh, some of the call-ins and such. Or not the call-ins, but the, <laughs> I already did get to that. But the Twitter account, would really appreciate that. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Hope to hear from Mad Martin in a call-in. Again, always love hearing what he has to say. But the tweets definitely work as well. Um, got a couple of things here. Yep, I was... Uh, first of all, yep, though the retweets... Sorry, I was getting behind here. Uh, polar opposite to last season, episode 382. Vince Germano out of Australia. Malcolm McSween out of Southern Cal. And Tanay Brown out of New Zealand all retweeted the most recent episode. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sam Gubda was saying, looking forward to this one. Yep, he's also out of California. And another purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Uh, yep, Mad Martin says, another solid podcast, my friend. And thank you so much. That's why you were sharing it there. Yep, I really appreciate you, Mad Martin. Out of Northern Scotland. Um, purple gold, purple and gold for days. Yep, that is Justin Day. Justin Day. I forgot to mention last week. Justin Day. Yep, yep, he is back in the fray. Apparently, he's been listening all this time. Justin out of Rochester. He's an awesome guy. And I remember hearing him on uh, uh, Purple Daily. Was it like a month ago? And he was aw- he was really, really good, really awesome. Um, and yep, he, <laughs> yep, he also does a YouTube. And does a great, great, great job. I'll be, I'll be sharing that more often. And um, he, he does a great job. Uh, purple and gold for days. Again, uh, Justin Day, uh, Justin out of Rochester. Apparently, he's been listening all this time. He'd been quiet. I was afraid I'd kind of annoyed him. Maybe my political views and such. Right. I'm trying to be more quiet about it, and not go crazy and all that stuff that might annoy people. But I suppose political politics are going to drive everyone crazy these days. So yeah, I mean, and I apologize if I have annoyed anybody in the past. I was announcing that uh, I joined the Pigskin Podcast hashtag T P P N hashtag T P P N and then uh, Pigskin Podcast and Toney Brown liked it and retweeted it. And then, yep, Justin Day said, congrats, my friend. And, you know, thank you very much, Justin. I really appreciate you. And uh, you do a great job on, on the YouTube covering the Vikings as well. So, yep, definitely, uh, definitely uh, to check him out. Gerald String says, purple, yeah, oh, no, he was liking the uh, Purple Mafia joining the uh, Pigskin podcast. I'm going to click on something here. Yeah, purple and gold for days with Justin Day. <laughs> <laughs> just rolls right off your tongue doesn't it yep it's pretty good actually yep, absolutely and that's cool that he jumped on board so yep definitely check that out Dylan followed me Dylan yep it's just ironic beyond belief how see Dylan Richardson Northern California close to Sacramento kind of around there coolest guy in the world just just in case he's listening and I, I hope just in case he is and let me know Dylan if you happen to be obviously the founder of the sportstuff.com and We had that going for so, so long. And I started there in 2008, early, early 2008. I was invited in uh, the later months of 2007, and I didn't join until 2008. Um, And, you know, it was so great. Obviously, that's where my podcasting uh, career started as a guy who was just under 30 years old already. (laughs) Um, And all that. And and a lot of you know the story. I won't go on and on and on about it, but obviously he's a great guy, Dylan Richardson. And it's just ironic now as I joined the... uh, the pigskin pod, uh, .net, PigskinPod.net, PigskinPod.net, uh, HoopsPod.net, and HockeyPod.net with my other two shows. Uh, obviously, you know, Hockey with Brave the Wild, the Hoops one with uh, Timberwolves Explosion. Who's the main... Uh, what's the main guy's name? Dylan Kayser. Isn't that something? Dylan. Dylan again. So Dylan's the main guy. He's the president of the uh, the pages. So, that, yep, he's the main guy. And he is from Vancouver, British Columbia. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canucks Weekly. Looks like he writes for them. So, which is really cool. Obviously he must know Isha Jerome. I believe Isha Jerome was like the other founder because he says co-founder of it. So, but for some reason Isha Jerome, he must have just passed it on to him. I don't know. To Dylan. I don't know what happened. Maybe Isha's still involved, but I don't believe so. Uh, The soda pod. But now I'm going way off into La La Land here a bit. But again, I mean, this is the first ever show on the Pigskin Pod Network. So, I, I have to talk about it, don't I? I mean it's only it's only fair that I do. I want to talk about it. And I'm I'm just really happy and Dylan, just in case you're listening, checking out the show, like let's hear what this uh let's hear what this uh, new show. It's it's not a new show, but new new to us show <laughs> sounds like and what's what's Joey like and well, I mean yeah, major shout out to you, Dylan, and thank you so much for having me. Man Martin Northern Scotland says good opening quarter and it was, and then everything went down the crapper right after that. Um, he was saying the offense has no rhythm since that first drive. They can never seem to find a way to pull away and secure a win. It's so frustrating. D's thankfully playing lights out. And yes, they were. I was saying super frustrating, no doubt. And then crappy bounce just now. Yep, that was that interception. And uh, yeah, that was so freaking dumb. Um, and then Matt Martin says, you're not joking. 7-3 to three at the half. Yeah, that was lame, wasn't it? Really lame. And then things went the wrong way for quite a while yep offense painful to watch so far wake up offense so once again the d takes the momentum back and the offense does jack with it yep and that was kind of the story today for a while until the fourth quarter bad says that offense has done bleep all day d's kept us in the game all day and i was saying how now the defense is starting to unravel too because they were i bet taylor heineke was getting some space some separation and, and his receivers were as well Yep, I was saying, now they're peeing down their leg. And, well, if I wasn't podcasting, this game would have been off already." Right? I can't stand garbage like this. Ned Martin just was thinking the exact same thing. Why am I watching this garbage? Guess I'm hoping, like, oh, wakes up, wakes the bleep up. And they did. Thank God. They did. They did. Two-score lead. We could be bleeped. And we pretty much were, I thought. But then all of a sudden, things changed. And I was seeing an impressive turn of events. Thank God we got out of there with a, with a win. Very cool. Mad Martin says, yet again, they find a way back, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, Mad Martin was saying, yeah, 13 yards in the third quarter. That is garbage. Yep, big time. D's doing what it's done all season, making key plays at the right time. Yet again, they find a way back. And yeah, the other thing I didn't even mention was one of the major major turning points of the game was the interception by Harrison Smith. I mean, that was absolutely huge, and I didn't even talk about that, even though I knew it was there. But then I kept talking about everything but that, basically. Yeah, I mean, Harrison Smith getting that incredibly important interception on uh, Taylor Heineke, that really was a huge change in momentum in the game. Uh, Washington was about ready to really put us on ice. And then Harrison Smith got that interception, the Vikings' defensive line. Also, uh, the pass rush, you know, it basically helped uh, force Taylor Heineke to make a mistake, and thank God that happened. Let's get to Facebook now, if humanly possible. Whew, there's a lot of stuff here. Okay. No, it's not that. It's like all these private messages out of nowhere. Here we go. Not that many. Not that many. I'm not that popular. I was announcing the, uh, well, I, it was just the new profile picture. People just simply liked it. Oh, it's saying I'm commenting as Joey Owigen. Let's move over to Purple Mafia. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> It's on the Purple Mafia page, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. If that's okay with you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I actually want to start something quick here. Here we go. Yes, unfortunately, Hipcast. And I should mention this, I think. Did I even talk about it in the first segment? Oh, yes. Hipcast is ceasing operations. That's one of the reasons I'm joining TPPN. I was planning on it. I was thinking about it anyway, but... Possibly I was going to leave Purple Mafia for a little while and have the hockey and the, and the basketball ones go first and then maybe let this one sit for a while. Uh, and at very least, I was going to have Freedom of Thought stay there as long as HipCast exists, just to be loyal to them because they've been so nice. You know, Jennifer, major shout-out to you, uh, again, for the, uh, the kindness and, the, you know, the, just a really nice customer service. I believe they come out of Texas. And, yeah, they've been around since 2003. 2003. That's an incredible, incredible long time. And they are ceasing operations, HipCast, on December 31st, 2022. And she basically said, like, yeah, I mean, we've kind of had enough. You know, it's time to move on. We've been doing it for about 20 years now. And I can imagine the frustration and such. And every time stuff goes down, they got to deal with it. And they got to hear everybody bitching and moaning and all that. Hey, you know, like, uh, my podcast isn't loading. Uh, The website's just... Black, there's nothing on the screen. What's going on here? And they probably get bombarded with that. And I'm sure that got insanely tiring for them. So I can understand why they would want to move on. Pro Mafia is now on megaphone, uh, still kind of redirecting and stuff. The numbers are completely out of whack. I, I, <laughs> let's just say an NBA season preview, the Timberwolves Explosion Show, it does not get 70 downloads. I mean, we're talking at least. At least ten times that, at least by now, at least seven hundred, right? I mean, it's a it's a season preview, and I've been around for eons. It's not like it's a startup show, but you know, obviously things are going to be out of whack for a while until all the RSS feeds all kind of connect properly with all the uh, different apps. They're they're connected to a point that all of you can download. I don't think anybody's noticing anything, and if you do, if you do run into trouble, please let me know. Please let me know. If you run into trouble with one app and instead of the other one, let me know. Like, this app doesn't work at all. Like, the show's not showing. I've checked most of them, and it's there. But, of course, the numbers are not capturing. So, again, yeah, there I go babbling again. But it is important. It's, it, it is important. It makes the show better. It makes the show more visible to listeners. What also makes the show more visible as well is when you write a positive review on Apple Podcasts especially, but others as well, like uh, Spotify, which is kind of a featured app nowadays with both Anchor for Freedom of Thought and these these sports shows, Purple Mafia, Brave the Wild, and Timberwolves Explosion. So Spotify is a bit of a featured uh, presentation in a lot of ways, but Apple and Google, if you want to use those, go right the heck ahead. Nobody's going to get mad at you for that. But if you like Spotify, go for it, basically. Now that I've rambled on and on, on and on even more, uh, nobody commented on the most recent show... Heart, which is fine and yep they were talking about Irv Smith could uh, could uh, miss serious time with the injury yeah it's a it's a high ankle sprain eight to ten weeks so yeah and he's been kind of a backup anyway Mark Carlson says not now dang but luckily for the Vikings TJ Hawkinson's in the house uh, conversation here Daily Norseman says uh, Lewis seen walking without assistance following devastating injury so very impressive after a compound fracture in your leg. That's pretty good. It, it wasn't that long ago, was it? So, good, good, good for you, Lewis. Hang in there and hope for the best. Good for him. Walking without assistance. No comments. Put a few likes there. Uh. And then the, uh, the TJ Hawkinson trade. Awesome, awesome. TJ Hawkinson trade. Uh, Officially, yep. It was 2023 fourth round. 2024 fourth round. Yep. Uh, that's what we get coming back. Uh, we give up a 2023 20, second and 2024 20, third. Yep. So you trade those two away, and you get two fourth-round picks, you know, in 23, 24 um, coming back. So basically, it's just trade downs. One of them is two rounds down. The other is just one round down. And you get T.J. Hawkinson, who is a starting full, who is a full-time starting tight end in this league, and there's no questioning that at all um, Adam Zimmer, I didn't even talk about this, and, you know, because I mean to figure save it for this when you guys can comment, and Adam Zimmer suddenly dies with no real information as to what the cause was, which I have a theory of what it is, and I'm going to leave it to myself. I probably, you know, shouldn't get into it, um, but 38, 38, 38, ugh, Adam Zimmer again, he was, of course, the son of Mike Zimmer, uh, was linebackers coach, then was co-defensive coordinator, and you know, obviously, you know, a son, a father, and all that stuff, a husband, and then he's dead, and geez. jeez, jeez, 38 years of age. Just breaks your heart. It, it does. 38, you know. And it scares all of us, because you just never know. You just never know. You just never know. I, I, I'll just leave it at that. I mean... Ugh. So... Obviously, that kind of stuff can hit anybody hard. It can shock you. It can surprise you. And it can scare you, whether you're 38, 28, 58, 88. It's scary. It is. Um, We're going to give Adam Zimmer, former defensive coordinator of Minnesota Vikings, a moment of silence. God bless Adam Zimmer, his family. God bless Mike Zimmer. Um, Mike, I feel for you. One in a billion chance he's listening. I feel for you, Mike. Obviously, again, he lost his wife years ago, and now his thirty-eight-year-old son. Mm, you know, I mean, wow. Just uh, I, I feel for you, really. To think that uh, Adam Zimmer, boy, whew, he he was an NFL, an NFL assistant coach for seventeen seasons. Obviously, probably started way, way down in the down the totem pole, so to speak. But you know, I mean, that's that's, that's you know, that's a long, that's a nice long career for a 38-year-old. It's impressive, so. um, and, and then to just have your life taken away like that, it just sucks. Not murder, of course, but then again, depends on how you view it, I suppose, but uh, <sighs> to have his life taken away the way it has been, it's just freaking sad. It really is. Um, mm, Terrible. So, yep, I was announcing that I'm drawing the T-P-P-N, Looks like most of the responses were on Twitter instead of here. And we'll continue now. The endgame threads. Let's dig around a bit here, have some fun, get into the rants and raves throughout this uh, this game today. I got a little crazy, but I always do, it seems like these days. Maybe I, I was saying, What happened? People weren't responding. I was like, Maybe I pissed everybody off. Mark Carlson said, Oh, well, yeah, Dave Vicky said, Show last week with Collins and great comments. Yep. Oh, hello, Joey. Great show last week with great Collins and great comments. Let's get another big win. Thank you very, very, very much. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Mark Carlson also out of Iowa said nope. Watching from home today with vis- uh, visiting family and also keeping an eye on the CFL East semi-final game that is playing at the same time. Hamilton and Montreal. That's cool. Hamilton. That is cool. I like that. Hamilton and Montreal. Skull Hurl Mafia fans. Skull Pavaldino. Joey with the American flag. Thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Josh Beaver Henry out of Colorado says, can't catch a break in this game. It also would ha- it also doesn't help that J.J. has two drops, one for a touchdown and the other that would have been a big gain. Mark says, wow, we only have 31 yards rushing in the thir- first half. 31. Red McCarthy, South Dakota says, that's not a way to start the second half. Nope. Nope. Nice defense, says Brett McCarthy. Later on, or early on, actually. Um, Mark Carlson says that should have been a pick, not a touchdown. Washington got lucky. Yeah, amen. That was so frustrating. What a lucky bounce. Dave Vicky says we need a turnover right now, not a face mask. Yep. Oh, I was so angry. Dave Vicky said, "Let's go." Yep. <laughs> Third and one, and they led washer. Washer 10, run for 20 more yards. It's unbelievable. Yep, and uh, yeah, Mark Carlson admiring the leg of the Vikings punter Ryan Wright. He is the right punter, isn't he? He is the right punter. Bad on dancer. Yep, that was that, uh, yeah, that was a very unfortunate penalty. That was what it was like called like a low block, kind of like a low, but it wasn't really a block. It was like a low tackle, kind of. It looked like a, you know when a guy's blocking, but he's a defensive player, so it's like defensive block I guess you could say, where a guy could could roll his knee, his ankle and all that and bad, really bad things can happen so I'm kind of like neutral on that one It was, I don't know, it was kind of like a, a tough one there um, Brett McCarthy says Kirk used his new toy already, yeah it was like the our, our first pass completion to TJ Hawkinson <laughs> yeah, Brett McCarthy is saying holy crap, down to the wire again Mike Dale says, hey, Joey, yeah, he was unavailable today, unfortunately, but I'm guessing we'll still hear from him some more. Mike Dale out of New York says, hey, Joey, bummed out about not being able to catch the game today. I have prior family commitments, so I've been reduced to following the game online. Let's hope they don't lose concentration, slip up, and this becomes a trap game. Skulling, it almost happened, didn't it? Mark Carlson is saying, that sucks, man. Come over to my house and catch the game. Oh, I wish. Oh, wouldn't that be fun we all go to, like... Me and Mike Dale go to Mark Carlson's house. Oh, maybe Dave Hickey's there also, and, you know, obviously another Iowa. Uh, Leland, yeah, maybe we're all hanging around. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Jeff Roiland. Maybe that's too many people in one place, but how, how, how cool would that be? Or how cool would that be? Mike says, appreciate the invite, bud. However, even if I start driving out, uh, out to Iowa right now, Right now, I still won't get there in time to even catch tomorrow's Monday Night Football game. Yeah, because that's a long drive. Obviously, we're just all having fun with that one. Yeah, Mark Ross says, Washington getting pretty cocky with their 10-point lead, and hell yeah, they were. That made me angry. Brett McCarthy with the traditional hello skull at the beginning. Yep, I I wish this was in more chronological uh, order, and that's definitely not uh, Brett McCarthy's fault. That's the way Facebook has this set up. Yep, I was saying how they were insanely cocky and it's driving me nuts. Their fan base as well. Every single play, they act like they won the Super Bowl. Grow up, Washington. Yep, I was getting ticked. Let's get to the post-game thread and wrap this up, if humanly possible. All comments. Mark Carlson doing a Mike Dale here a little bit. Big one. He says, uh, I haven't looked at the stats yet. Did anyone expect this game to be so close? I think Joey said in the last episode, polar opposites. This could have been a trap game. Oh, God, yes. And I think the other thing is, like I kept saying earlier, like Green Bay is basically like last year's Vikings in a lot of ways. Losing games they should win and stuff. <clears throat> Splitting with Detroit. Like, what are you doing out there? My girls just, and it was trending to be just like that. And I would have been upset to lose to a team led by Heineke. Thank you, Viking D, for halting the slide and salute to the coaches for managing the clock. Yeah, what well, wasn't that good? Denny Green wouldn't have done that. Hey, I have to mention that puncher again. What a whale of a boot today. Can he kick field goals too? Who was that tight end we picked up? Quazy what? That was a move. I'm not talking any crap though with big games to come. But I will share this picture here. That makes me smile. And good old Mr. Relax. Yep, R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers. And company managed to lose another game in a row. How many is that? It's five. Yep, he said he's lost track. Skull from Iowa. And yeah, I mean, the Vikings' chances of making the playoffs, 96%. Packers, 26 Bears, 5 And the Lions, 2%. 2%. I'm surprised it's even that. But, well, they beat the Packers, so, hmm. Bray McCarthy says, come down to the wire again. Both sides of the ball. Stepped up when they needed to for the win. Never would have seen this last year, Skull. Amen. Yep. Amen and amen. Never would have seen this last year. I just want to click something. Come on now. There we go. Mark Carlson replied saying exactly. James Adamick says Vikings win, Packers lose. It was a good day. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? The gold star for today's episode. Mark Carlson, you got it again. Mark Carlson, another gold star. Dave Martin and Gerald Spring are going to ring in the silver. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, it's so hard. Dave vicky has got to at least get a bronze. Brett McCarthy. Yep, Dave Vicky, Brett McCarthy, get a bronze. And Mike Dale, is obviously, a strong honorable mention, obviously, because he's like legendary. He's going to get gold every week. But yeah, it's okay. He can take a break from the gold star or silver star for a week. huh? So, got kind of an honorable mention. Yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much for the interaction. Thank you very much. Nice call in by uh, Gerald Swing. I was even showing a little bit of frustration with what a weird day it was, but at least the Vikings won the game at the end of the day. So, with that said, again, encourage you to please uh, write a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Audible, or spotify i think you got at least do a star rating it just makes the show more attractive for potential listeners oh yes and i did get a few reviews not too long ago or at least purple mafia did i'm I'm the host of purple mafia that doesn't mean it's me but i guess it is uh let's get to those as soon as possible here yeah loadmaster 11 says delivering every week five star rating thank you so much uh, delivering every week. Vikings news, game reviews, knowledgeable thoughts, opinions by the host and the listeners of the show. It's five stars. Thank you so much. Uh, it's like being invited to your best friend's house to talk about the game and other teams in the NFL. Five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I think I, I think I know who that is, but I'm not 100% sure. Can you let me know just in case, uh, yeah, maybe PM me if, if, uh, if, if you, if, yeah. If you know me well and you you know me on Facebook, but even if you don't, add me and PM me. Um, CLC67, CLC, also says five stars. Uh, He didn't say it, but he or she didn't say it, but it is a five star. This show is for fans. I like the Vikings and found this podcast covers the team game and other news as well. If you like a podcast that is constantly interrupted with commercials and ads, you will have to go somewhere else. This show is for fans. Yep. I mean, there's going to be an ad now for DraftKings, but it's just at the beginning of the second uh, segment. I hope that's okay. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, got to get something on here. (laughs) Great Pod says Chase North Dakota 33 or Chase ND 33. Wish you would upload more frequently, but thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. Um, Once a week. Some people do it more than more than once a week. Looks like the Tennessee Titans just scored a touchdown. That's better than the Chiefs and they're ahead 13 to 9 13 to 9 but there's a call here what's the call size, that's the defense so that's going to be penalty declined and a touchdown for the tennessee titans good good sorry i don't like the chiefs i just don't if, if you got a problem with that then tell me no <laughs> no i'm just kidding i don't think i'm not gonna fight with anybody but no thank you so much all of you deserve a gold star for such wonderful things especially loadmaster um thank you so much for the wonderful wonderful uh reviews it's been a while it had been quiet for a while so anybody out there please please continue the yeah continue the reviews keep them coming anybody out there that can send and put another review on there i really appreciate that um obviously it doesn't have to be the same person that'd be really bad actually but no (laughs) but uh yeah if you haven't done a review for the show and you love the show please do it just makes it better it'll make the show grow even though it's an old show, it still can grow. Obviously, it's it's not uh, you know I'm not I'm not this big time superstar. Even though it shows top three percent, but you got to understand, there's like a hundred million podcasts, right? Yeah, I'm you know it's a crazy number. It's in the millions. Uh, so three percent isn't exactly like I'm you know I'm not exactly on Joe Rogan's level or Ella or you know or like a. Even, like, a Dan Barrero locally is way ahead. So those guys are in, like, the top 1%, which is a huge difference in the podcasting world. 3% is good, and it's nothing for me to sneeze at, and I appreciate it so much. But, hey, if the show can keep growing, that would be great. Um, You know, and again, a reminder, there's, like, 100 million podcasts out there. Some of them are just deadbeat shows, you know, or they release a show every now and then, and it gets, like, 14 listeners. And there's a lot of those out there, believe it or not. So with that said... Thank you so much for the listening. Appreciate it. Again, the reviews and all that. Wonderful to be on board with TPPN, the Pigskin Podcast Network, and you'll be hearing about them more and more. Get your DraftKings app and get started on that. With that said, take care, and we'll talk about the Buffalo game next week.